What up, guys? Welcome to another Go Intelligence podcast. I am David Marver of Change the Padres, not joined by anyone today. This is the first Go Intelligence short. We talked about these on a previous podcast. Sometimes there are times where only one of Jagoff or I can quickly jump onto a podcast, uh, and there might be some relevant news to talk about, but the other can't make it. And I think these shorts will give us an opportunity to discuss those things every once in a while without having to, you know, schedule a giant podcast where we both come on and we have, you know, scripted topics and whatever. So this is the first of these Quintelligence shorts. And what I want to talk about today is something we didn't really touch too much on during the podcast. Um, that is the Padres signing and pursuit of two former angels, uh, Eric Ibar, shortstop, and Jared Weaver, starting pitcher. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're familiar with familiar with those two players, because um, even casual fans in San Diego probably follow the Angels a little bit, or at least they've seen them play. And these two guys were some of their best players not that long ago. Um, now, they're both bad now. In fact, it's hard to even find a worse starting pitcher in baseball than Jared Weaver. And Eric Ibar is not very good either. And we just went through a season of Alexi Ramirez being literally one of the worst shortstops in baseball history. So I can understand why Padres fans are a little wary with signing Eric Ibar. He does seem to fit the same Alexi Ramirez profile, maybe a little bit more in terms of uh, contact rate, but certainly a lot lower in terms of power, and neither one of them is going to help the Padres win. So why am I not upset with the Eric Ibar signing? Well, the main difference here is that it's a minor league contract. Uh, Alexi Ramirez was signed to a major league contract, so the Padres actually committed a bunch of money to Alexi Ramirez before they even saw him in spring training, you know, going forward with him being their actual plan. I don't think that's the case with Eric Ibar. I think, you know, based on the fact that it's a minor league deal, that he honestly is just injury insurance because obviously he makes no sense compared to Luis Sardinas. Not that I think Sardinas is a lock to be a great player at the major league level, but he's at least young, has prospect pedigree, years of team control. You could, you know, potentially see some growth there, even though I don't think it's uh, probable. With Eric Ibar, there's nothing, really, right? I mean, I don't think there's even an opportunity for him to become a, you know, player that you can sell at the trade deadline because I don't think teams are that dumb. And generally, teams doing well in Major League Baseball already have good shortstops. So Eric Ibar is not going to represent an improvement for them. However, you know, imagine the scenario where Sardinas gets hurt in spring training. So you can then, you know, plug in Eric Ibar at shortstop for two, three weeks without having to change your developmental curves for some of your other shortstops. You know, they have a Rule 5 guy they picked who is a shortstop, but he hasn't played above rookie ball. And I don't know if you want to give him 10 starts in April if Luis Sardinas is hurt. You know, on the other hand, you have Jose Rondon, likely to be in AAA. I think you want to get him another full season of minor league baseball without, you know, moving him around and giving him days off at the major league level you know, using some of his options, all that kind of stuff. So what you have is you have a guy in Eric Ibar who signed to a minor league contract and you could just cut out of spring training if everyone's healthy or if Luis Sardinas gets hurt, well, you have an injury plug-in you can use who A, is bad and that will help you with the tank. B, is cheap. You didn't commit, you know, a bunch of money to him. And C, it allows you to keep the developmental curves going for uh, the, you know, the other two players I mentioned earlier. So... That's why I'm not against Eric Ibar signing. It really does have to do with the fact that it's a minor league contract and the Padres' hand is not forced in anything with him, really, because you could just cut him and you don't have to pay him. So 
that's my belief on that. I was a little bit surprised to see some of the backlash, to be honest. I don't think quite enough fans grasped that minor league contract clause. Um, conversely, I was a little bit surprised that there were even positive people on the Jared Weaver signing. Um, I did have one, one comment made to me on that that might make a little bit of sense for the signing, and that is that Jared Weaver is so bad now that the Padres might be purposefully trying to lose by signing him. Now, I'm not sure I buy that. Uh, one, because I think you can get players who are just as bad as Jared Weaver, but actually do have some upside. Um, you know, you, lo- you think of someone like Luis Perdomo last year, you know, the Padres could, you know, potentially find someone like that in someone else's system and just give him major league starts, even though that that person's completely expendable to that team. And when you do that, you don't have to give him innings. Um, you know, when you sign Jared Weaver, you know, I think you're sort of committing to actually playing him. Um, and that's a bummer because although he will eat up innings and you do have to get, you know, close to a thousand innings out of your starters this year, but, but, but by having them eat those innings, you're not using them for potentially developmental purposes. You're only using them because you think Jared Weaver is terrible and that's going to help your draft position next year. And again, I don't think that's necessarily, if that's what they're doing, I don't necessarily think that's a terrible plan, and at the very least, it is actually a plan, right? So um, I just don't think that's, that's what they're doing here. I think that they actually think there's an opportunity for Weaver to rebound someone and, and gain some potential trade value at the deadline, maybe having him in as a veteran presence with so many young pitchers. They value that somewhat, and it's hard to quantify if that actually matters or not. So I won't completely dismiss it. I'll, I will just say that I haven't seen proof that it does matter. Um... You know, besides that, I don't really get it. Um, he bled the American League in home runs allowed last year. He does not throw the baseball very hard at all. Uh, upper 80s is what he's going to top out at. He's a year older than that, so he might even be lower now than he was even last year. And it's not like he's one of those pitchers where over the years, you know, sometimes you have pitchers who they get into their you know late 30s, even touching 40s, They've lost all of their velocity, but they're still effective. Um, the reason for those, for, for that, and those types of pitchers are like the ones with very pe- impeccable control. If you remember Greg Maddox, obviously not everyone's Greg Maddox, and Jared Weaver, although he's had a successful career, is not Greg Maddox. Another example that comes to mind to me is uh, Brad Radke, uh, former Twins pitcher. He like pitched through like I think a torn rotator cuff or like major tear in his rotator cuff for the Minnesota Twins. But he was just so effective at locating the ball that he was actually able to uh, basically go through the season and not walk anyone. And if you're not doing that, it doesn't really matter if you're giving up a lot of home runs and, and base hits. You're still limiting the number of guys getting on base. And you will be an effective number five at the very least. I don't think Jared Weaver is that. If you look at his stat line, last year his strikeouts were terrible. And his walks weren't particularly great. Uh, obviously giving up the long ball, in addition to those two things, makes him a very unsavory player in your rotation. So I just don't get it, especially if there are guys like Jake Peavy out there who you know actually have some semblance of effectiveness in the past five years um, that would also have some sort of tangible marketing factor for your team because I don't think Jared Weaver is going to cause anyone to go to a Padres game. Uh, I'll be very surprised if that's true. Um, also, you can spare me all the Matt Bush, Jared Weaver jokes. I just don't really want to go through those for a whole season. So that's where I am on those two signings. Um, Maybe Jagoff and I will talk about those on a future podcast, but I thought I'd jump on now and give you a little bit 
of what we didn't cover in the most recent podcasts. Uh, I, I do believe we're going to do one this week. I am in San Diego uh, flying there today. So uh, there's a small chance Jagoff and I will meet up. And if not, well, we'll catch you next week. Um, so this is the first Quintelligence short. Thank you for listening. Go Padres.